this is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social, and I'm joined by Manny Robles, who's enjoying a the coffee there. Yes. The first time he's probably been able to let his hair down whilst we've been out here in Saudi Arabia during four weeks. But Manny, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, we appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man and there's been a lot on for you this week. And we were just speaking off camera, the difference with regards to just whenever you guys have been out and about this week, you haven't had to deal with a lot of people coming up to you, you haven't had to deal with the fan pressures, you've just been able to kind of chill and relax and enjoy the scenery and the occasion a bit more to what you would have done in the first bout and, and his career previously. How nice and refreshing has it been to be able to just focus on the fight and the task at hand? Excuse me. <coughs> it's been great actually, it's been, um, it's been a lot of fun. We had a great camp from day one up until now. It's great to be here in Saudi Arabia. Uh, the people have been very, very nice. Uh, they retreated us with the utmost respect and warmth. Um, and, uh, you know, we've just been able to, it's, it's so different from, from London, from uh, being in the UK or being in, in the United States. Um, uh, the fans are different here. Uh, it's, a, it's a different atmosphere. Uh, even the press conference, the, 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 uh, the grand arrival yesterday were totally different from where, what we're used to back, back where, um, again, as I said, in, in the UK and, or in the US. Just to, just to touch on that, how, how much of a difference do you think it could have played having the fight in either the UK, where Anthony Joshua was from, or the US, where Andy trains, or Mexico, obviously, his heritage right. is? Oh, definitely different, because we're, we're in a non-boxing nation, so this is all new to them. It's funny, it's funny uh, but uh, I can't wait to see how they're going to react come Saturday night. It, it'll be interesting to see. Let's talk about Saturday night and just start off with the workout yesterday. We saw a more le much leaner version of Anthony Joshua. How much can you as a trainer read into that? Um, I don't know, but my, I'm guessing if he's lost that much weight, he's going to try to box, try to try to you know try to not to not to obviously stand in in, in front of a Andy uses height, uses reach to to make sure he keeps him on the outside. And I'm I'm guessing, and our job is obviously to pressure him. And this is the eighth round of the last fight. You know, this is the way we see it. This is only the this is a continuation of the first fight. So hopefully things will continue to go our way. Have you guys prepared differently this time round? There's a change, obviously, and a shift in that mentality from challenger to champion. Have you guys prepared differently for an Anthony Joshua where nobody really knows what he's been preparing to bring on Saturday night? Obviously, I, I, we have, and so has Joshua. Uh, we, you know, we we develop a great game plan for this fight. You know, we've done better. We've corrected some mistakes. Um, uh, we had 12, uh, 12 weeks to prepare, which is very important. And not only that, but the sparring. The sparring has been great. I mean, we had the time to find the proper sparring and, and put up a, 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 a better, a better um, training camp, game plan, and so forth and so on. So it's been well. It's been going very well. How key is a 12-week camp being in comparison to the five or six weeks that you had last time out? Oh, man, can you imagine how all that, having all that time in your hands to be able to, again, as I said, put up, put up a good game plan together and, uh, and come in, in mentally, physically in, 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 in good shape? It's one thing which some people are maybe a little bit surprised by is just because you've had the 12 weeks, aesthetically people may be imagining Andy may have looked like he'd lost more weight. I'm not saying he may have or he may not have done, but is that something that you guys weren't really concerned about? Well, yeah, you know, we, he's got to get, he's going to lose the weight. I mean, com comparing him to when he first when he first showed up to camp up until now, he's lost quite a bit of weight, and um, that and that's through hard work and and you know, obviously you want. You got to be in shape, and I, be, I believe he's in shape for this fight. I was speaking to his father, Just, and he was talking about what lies ahead if Saturday night does go to plan and successfully for you guys with regards to, I know, the IBF want to have the Kubra Pulev mandatory, the WBO with Alexander Usyk. He said that he spoke to PBC, you guys spoke to PBC, the plan is for a couple of fights and then look towards the Wilder fight. If he was to beat Fury, lines up that undisputed challenge. Is that a way that you can see things mapping out in the future? Honestly, to, to, to be quite honest with you, I don't think about any of that stuff. The only thing in my mind right now is Anthony Joshua. I can't think about nothing else. Nothing matters. Is it hard to keep that level-headedness knowing not just how much your lives have changed from the back of one win, but how much your lives could change on the back of the second win? Can you imagine? And that's all that's on my mind. Getting that second win come Saturday, come come Saturday night. Nothing, nothing else matters. Nothing else is in my mind. And and also, I know Andy thinks the same way I do. Nothing but beating Anthony Joshua once again come Saturday night. Who do you feel there's more pressure on in this fight? Obviously, there's always been a lot of pressure on Anthony Joshua. He's been billed as a golden boy of certainly British mm -hmm. boxing and one of the leading lights of the heavyweight division. I mean, Andy Ruiz comes in, shocks the world upsets the cards and now he's the world champion 
do you feel there's more pressure on Anthony Joshua to correct the first fight or there's more pressure on Andy Ruiz to deliver another performance such as the one that he uh, delivered in New York? I think the pressure is on Anthony Joshua, to be quite honest with you. This is his show. This is his event. His promoter, you know, promoter, promote, the promoter brought the fight here with all due respect to Matchroom Boxing and Eddie Hearn. They brought the fight here. This is his show. Uh, uh, he's still the favorite, you know. Uh, so this is, you know, the, the pressure's on him. You know, we're here to perform. We're here to, um, uh, you know, do, do our job, which is to win come Saturday night and uh, to give people what they want. Uh, but we're relaxed. We, we, we like where we're at, and uh, uh, we just can't wait to, to, to you know, uh, I know Andy can't wait uh, to be able to perform come Saturday night and prove to the world once again that he's a better fighter. Well, Manny, we're hopeful of catching up with you in the coming days, but if we don't, what would you like to say to everybody ahead of Saturday night? Well, thank you to all the supporters, all the people that believed in, and uh, that have believed in, in Andy. And this, this goes to show you that uh, anything can happen and dreams do come true and, and hard work, dedication, not just in boxing, but in, in, in life, you know, in your jobs and in school or uh, anything that you, that, that, that you make your mind up to do and, and being positive and having faith, you can do anything. Manny Robles, as always, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you giving up your time. Thank you for speaking to myself and Boxing Social. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Barry Hearns just rocked up in the hotel, so we had to jump on him straight away. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk to IFL, he says, creep, creep. <laughs> right, your son and uh, Anthony and Andy are all in the Arab newspapers. Uh, it's a real buzz here in Saudi Arabia. Uh, excited about it, Barry? I, you know, I, I, to give you some sort of comparison of how excited I am, because... I thought I'd get less excited as I get older, and it's actually working the other way around because you never know how many more you've got, do you? This is as excited as I've been, I think, since Ben Eubank in 1990, number one, which I thought was the big excitement for me in boxing. And obviously we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other events, but this is really exciting. When Anthony Joshua signed for us, when he won his Olympic gold, he asked me, what did I really want out of him? And Anthony's quite a smart, he's a very smart kid. And I think he was looking for, you know, where, what's the catch? Where, what's, what's the problem? And I said, I want 1%. And he went, 1%? I said, yeah, I want 1% of your adrenaline. That's what I want in my life. And I saw him this morning and I said, forget the 1%. I think I've got 10%. I am so excited about this fight. And really because I have no real idea of how it's going to go. And I don't think anyone does. Everyone will have opinions. But the reality is, two fighters, both with strengths, both with weaknesses. It's edge of your seat stuff. Can't wait for Saturday night. What is the feeling though, Barry? Because your, your son's admitted that uh, he's very, very nervous. Uh, are you the same? Yeah, I, I think nervousness is good. You know, in any sporting event, whatever sport you're talking about, if you know the result beforehand, it's not so compelling. And this is certainly one where we don't know the result and we'll have our thoughts. You know, we have our thoughts, does, does Josh change a little bit of strategy? Does he keep it long? Ruiz is a great, he's a great fighter. Let's not, you know, he may not look like the athlete that Anthony Joshua is, but he's got great pedigree amateur career. He's got good feet, he's got fast hands. He takes a shot, but he ticks a lot of boxes. But every fight, Rematches are never the same fight as the first one. That's, that's the gamble, I think, you know. In most rematches, I would have liked Anthony to have had 18 months before he fought Ruiz. Because you have to re-educate your brain. You know, I messed up last time, it didn't work out. And the brain has to believe what the mouth is saying. Six months is actually a very short distance to try and re-educate yourself, even to change your strategy. So there are complications to it, but... Anthony's a very intelligent boy, he's got very good people around him, he knows the job in hand, and I can't make up my mind whether he's just going to come up and stop him straight away, early, or whether he's going to struggle in the middle to late rounds where Ruiz's hand speed will give him more of a problem. 
but isn't that why we watch boxing to start with? Absolutely. People have had their take on if it sort of is the same result again and Anthony can't get them belts back, what should he do next? Should he take some time out? Should he retire completely? What do you think, Barry? I don't think he'll retire. I think the, I think the guy's a terrific athlete. He's, what, 29 years old, 30 years old. You know, he's, he's a young man in the world of heavyweight boxing. you always got to have a plan B. When you're fighting or when you're outside of the ring, you've got to have a plan B. Plan B, I guess, would be something like nice long break, regroup, and come back in a year's time when you're still a young man. Um, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fights are still going to be out there. And Joshua, win or lose, is still the biggest, the biggest name commercially. I mean, this fight on Saturday night is the biggest commercial heavyweight fight of all time. Nothing has got remotely close in the heavyweights. You know, Lennox Lewis, Tyson, you know, nothing's got this close. And the reason is because Joshua's persona, his ability, his reputation, it, it counts to bring in people like the Saudis in that I don't think any other heavyweight would have attracted this type of attention. So he's, that, doesn't, that doesn't go away completely. It's dented with another loss, of course, severely dented. It doesn't go away. And it just comes down to what Joshua wants to do with his life, win or lose. Uh, you know, even though I win, he may say, I'll, I'll take a year off, you know, because if, if he feels he wins and he's still got more improvement in him, he may go back to the drawing board. You just don't know. What you do know with Anthony Joshua, it will be a very clearly thought out strategy that he will listen to a lot of people and then he will make his call. But at the moment, I think the whole focus is he wants his belts back. It's nothing to do with the money. It's nothing to do with what my career happens if I lose. It's just that instinct, that primeval instinct about a fighter that says, I want to win. And it goes down to the street, the cobbles, it goes down to your inner soul, your character, because there is nowhere to hide in a boxing match. Well, listen, let's hope it doesn't go to plan B and Anthony does get his belts back. But it's interesting you say them Wilder and Fury fights you think are still out there, even with that second loss. Yeah, because it's just commercial value, what you're bringing to the table. Uh, There's an argument to say that being famous is better than being good when it comes down to making money. Uh, The purists don't like that. They like to see a lovely left jab and a a sweet movement, a sweet science of boxing. That's a bit yesterday in the real commercial terms today. It's about, as you saw with KSI Logan Paul, you know, there's another world out there now. We mustn't live in a goldfish bowl. Joshua's got a, a global persona, global reputation that carries on. Whether he's in another sport, whether he's in another business, he is Anthony Joshua and He's done a tremendous job on his own IP value, if you like, and Eddie's done an unbelievable job looking after him. And we're all tight-knit. I mean, I think there's, there's genuine friendship and love there, and uh, I think we'll be friends irrespective because friends don't, real friends don't go away. Just lastly, on Wilder, what did you make of his knockout of Lewis Ortiz the other night? I thought it was hilarious. I mean, you've got to take your hat off to Wilder. He can bang. I mean, but to be so comprehensively outboxed for six rounds. And, you know, when I looked at Ortez, I thought Ortez has got himself in shape. He's in much better shape than his previous fight. And again, Ortez, like Ruiz, has got the amateur pedigree, has got the skill sets. And I would think if you was in Ortez's corner during those first six or seven rounds, or first six rounds especially, you would have been so happy. <laughs> and then along comes the equaliser. I mean, you just can't say anything other than well done Wilder, can you? It's what he does. He looks awful. He can't box. He can't fight. But he can punch. And that's always going to give him his get-out-of-jail card. It also gives people like Tyson Fury belief that they can do what Altez did for six rounds and maybe do it for 12. But, again... How do you think that rematch goes in February? I think Wilder stops uh, Fury. But... uh, I don't know. I like Tyson Fury. I think he's hilariously funny as well. I'm just at the age of my life now where I don't get really passionate either way. But I like people that create personality, that, that sell themselves and sell the game to a wider audience. And I think Tyson Fury's done it as well. He's WWE and all that's taken him to more households than, you know, he's made him much bigger. That sort of profile, talking about MMA and all this sort of stuff. But whether he's singing a song or whether he's dancing around a ring, you've got to take your hat off to these people who are entertainers and that's what sport needs. And they can fight. I think Tyson's big problem is he can't punch hard enough to deter people. But he's very, very tricky. But 12 rounds is a long time to avoid someone, you know. 
36 minutes, people don't realise, they think it's nothing. It's a lifetime in there when you've got someone like Wilder coming at you with an equaliser that we saw against Ortiz. That was, a, that was just magnificent. I mean, I felt sorry for Ortiz because he couldn't have done anything else, could he? And that's the end of that. Well, Barry, considering Tyson Fury's uh, commercial value has rocketed up, as you said, with the whole WWE and the SPN deal, how big would that Joshua Fury fight be in Britain, like in terms of the fights you've, you've done in your lifetime? Well, you see, you're valuing it on the old system of boxing valuations. So, you know, now we're into a different world with the Saudis at the moment. I don't know how long this is going to last. Is this a one-off or are they going to say, we enjoyed it so much, we want to do some more? The fact that this is the biggest he grossing heavyweight title fight of all time shows you that we're not just dependent on local gate and pay-per-view revenue because site fees of this proportion dwarf them. So how big is Tyson Fury against Joshua? Nowhere near as big as this fight. Nowhere remotely near as this big fight unless it's staged here or somewhere like here. If you take that fight into, say, Wembley, it's a big fight. Of course it's a big fight. It's nowhere near as big as this fight. Do you, think, do you think that Joshua Fury fight could land in Saudi forever? If It's not just the Saudis. If it's if the Qataris or the Abu Dhabians or Dubai or, or all of them. Yeah, all of these, these people have got egos and they've got a desire to put across a message about their country and their benefits, whether it's tourism, whether it's culture, whether it's whatever. So there is a competitive field and what we are valuing here is the cost of a commercial campaign in 130 countries. If you're trying to put a message across globally, it's extremely expensive. So this fight actually is not expensive on those commercial terms, but it is expensive in terms of a, a fight. We may well find that either the Saudis or other people in this region say, this is the way forward, we want some of this cake, in which case, happy days. We may find the Saudis say, well, that was great, we've, we've, we've got our name out there. Do we want some more or not? I mean, I have no knowledge. All, all we can do is give value for money to these people. But what I'm saying is value for money is expressed in a different way these days. You know, in terms of the media content, you know, whether it's podcasts or whether it's tabloids or, you know, TV programmes. Saudi Arabia, everyone's talking about Saudi Arabia for whatever reason. But the reason is because they're hosting this spectacular fight. And that feeling may continue in other fights, which means you could possibly see Joshua Tyson Fury in Saudi or anywhere else in the Middle East. Or for that matter, the Chinese government might decide this works for us and we'll take it to China. We've got to have a global attitude. We can't live in a goldfish bowl. We're not fish. We are in part of the whole world. And we have to look after our clients, represent their best interests and maximise their revenue. Very straightforward job. And some fans don't like that, but that's because they are thinking parochially and we're thinking globally. Well, Barry, thank you very much for your time here in Saudi Arabia on IFL. Uh, I know you've got to go get your hair cut now. It is special. Absolute dynamite. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 This is Andy Poroff for Boxing Social, and I'm joined by the man behind Matchroom, Barry Hearn. Barry, how are you doing? Well, I'm great. I mean, I'm excited. I'm always feeling better when I'm excited. As you get older, you don't get so excited so often. This has really got me buzzing. I'm, I've no idea what's going to happen. It's probably why I'm so excited. Obviously, out here in Saudi Arabia, when you created Matchroom, did you ever envisage that your son would be able to come into the fold and put a show on out here as big as what Ruiz Joshua 2 promises to be? It's easy to say, yes, I did, and well, no, I didn't. I just, I just thought things evolve, you know. I mean, I go back to 1982 and I took snooker to China for the first time, you know. Did I ever think it would be a massive business in China? No, I just did what seemed right at the time. And I think where Eddie is taking, raising the bar beyond anyone else's level, makes me very proud of course he's my son but at the same time I'm not really surprised because the kids are a very good operator. 
Just to touch on when you first started operating with Matchroom, just talking about the, the image and the vision that you originally set out and what the plans were. Well, it's 1982 when the company started, you know, I, I'd been lucky enough, clever enough to make a reasonable amount of money, so I was fairly secure at the time. And I retired, I was 34 years old, um, and I started playing cricket every day, or golf, or going fishing. Did it for six weeks, and I was climbing up a wall, I was so bored. So I thought I'd start a little company, um, just to look after a few snooker players, athletes, whatever, just to have some fun. I, I wasn't really thinking about making money. I had money. In that, I, didn't, I thought it was enough, it probably wasn't, but at, the, at that age I thought I'd, I'd cracked it. Uh, so full matchroom, started off underneath a billiard hall, uh, pool hall, whatever you want to call it, in Romford in Essex in England with a girl and a part-time Jewish bookkeeper. And just, let's have a look at, you know, travel the world, have some fun, maybe make some money. And it just sort of developed, really. So we're now a little bit bigger than that, 656 event days this year, 40,000 hours of television, biggest sports promotion company in the world. And the beauty of the company, all you hear is the sound of laughter, and all you see is people with smiles on their faces. So in that respect, irrespective of the money, we cracked it. When did you begin to realise just how big Matrium could become and you began to maybe take the business side a little bit more seriously? I didn't really, it just evolved. You know, I didn't sit down with a plan at all. My plan was to have fun and, you know, do what I enjoyed. You know, life is a very short gift and you've got to make the most of every day. I've always had that approach. But, uh, no, the company's evolved, but I mean mainly because I've got some terrific people and Eddie's a great example of someone that came in after he'd served a, an apprenticeship outside and started off with the PGA Europro golf tour, some golf management in the States and over here. Then he moved on to my poker division, controlled that for a couple of years, and then just came to me one day and said, I want to do the boxing, it's all I want to do. And he hadn't done too bad in that either. Now, I remember interviewing Eddie on the week when Regis Prograde Josh Taylor was announced and he told me about the story of when uh, his mum was giving birth to him and he said that you was playing snooker at the time and you was caught up in the, in the middle of your game. Just tell me about how that game unfolded because I had people asking questions about it and I never followed up with Eddie about whether you won or not. No, well, people you know, might think badly of it, but we're a very competitive family and we're into, you know, me and Eddie are super competitive in everything. I've run a lot of marathons, he can't run as fast as me. We had a little fight once, he was much better than me, all that sort of stuff. It's just like, but there was, um, you know, my, it wasn't, I wasn't being so sexist. It's just that my wife for her first child was in labour for about 24 hours. So when Eddie was coming along, I naturally assumed there was no big rush. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out like that. It wasn't my fault, dear. Although my wife, who I've been married to for nearly 50 years, still doesn't talk to me about it. But the hospital phoned me the snooker hall I was in and said your wife's in final stages of labour and I was playing best of three and it was one all anyway I won the game I put a lovely pink down the rail drove like a maniac to the hospital <laughs> got there saw her on a trolley and said wished her the best of luck and she said I had it 20 minutes ago you bastard <laughs> so that's that story that's a brilliant reflection there, Barry. But as obviously we are here in Saudi, I know you're a busy man and you want to go get your hair cut. Yeah. But I have to say, you're looking very sharp still, well, Barry, I have to say. I'm just I had an hour in the gym today. I shall have an hour in the gym tomorrow. I'm refusing to give up, although Father Nature is beginning to take its toll. But you know what? We're so lucky people, aren't we? We're involved in this. Now, we could have, an, we could have a normal job, and that's not for us. You know, so God bless to everybody. Hope both fighters come through safely and we are going to be spoiled, I think, with a card tomorrow night that's worthy of the Saudi Arabians backing and you know, we should be grateful for the life we lead. Let's get on to this card. Ruiz Joshua Tuba, headline fight first and foremost. As, the, as it gets closer, just what goes through your minds with regards to this rematch? I get, I get more and more confused and uh, I see assets and deficits on both sides. You know, uh, I was, all, I was quite convinced a week ago that Joshua was going to knock him out fairly early. Uh, but then I was so wrong at Madison Square Gardens, why should I know? I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Ruiz. I think he's a good fighter. I think he's got great feet, fast hands. He's got a good chin. I think he's got good stamina. It doesn't, he doesn't look the prettiest, but it doesn't really matter. I know lots of people look pretty, can't fight at all. Uh, I think Joshua's still the favourite to win. And... More than that, I can't tell you because I really have no idea. I'm just, I know I've got to watch it and I'm going to be 
super excited, sitting on the edge of my seat. I got a ticket. I got a ticket for the whole seat. I only need the edge. That's how good this fight is. A lot of people in the media and on social media suggesting there's one of two ways that AJ can either sit behind his jab and just look to box and move around for the, for the 12 rounds or he needs to put it on Andrew Ruiz early and start getting stuck into him. In your opinion, what is the best way for Anthony Joshua to try and beat Andrew Ruiz? I think he's definitely got to be more active. I think he's got to give Ruiz more to think about because I don't think he did last enough for a variety of reasons. The danger is when you get up close to Ruiz, that's when he's dangerous. Because he hits you from awkward angles. He can, he can bang a bit, but he's a, as a shorter man, Joshua's never been at his best against shorter opponents. So the ramrod left jab and the straight right hand is probably my preferred course of action. But I'm, the danger is, if it, if it gets intense, the red mist comes down and it becomes a tear-up and then you might as well flip a coin because someone's going over. This fight doesn't go the distance. We saw a much leaner version of Anthony Joshua at the workout this week. What should we think about that? What do you read uh, into it? I'm pleased with that because I think he was a little stodgy last time, a little stalky, and he's got a little bit more movement and flexibility in him than he showed at Madison Square Gardens. I think the extra weight will give him the ability to throw his punches a bit quicker, and I think I'm hoping that his stamina will be better as well. It's easy to say, but I thought he looked well, and I think, the, I think it will be an advantage to Joshua to have that £12 or £10, whatever it is, less than he was carrying last time. AJ's obviously always had pressure on him from the moment he won his gold medal at the Olympics to turning professional, his first world title against Charles Martin, etc. He's just continued to build around him. Do you feel there's more pressure on him now to win, or there's less without the world titles around his waist? There's no pressure on him to win. The only pressure is pressure he puts on himself. It's not about the money, it's not about the belts. He wants to win this fight. And that's the pressure, self-pressure. So there's no commercial pressure. He is a brand. He is a very wealthy man for the rest of his life. He doesn't have any worries like that. And that's what I love about boxing, because he gets down to your heart, your character. That's what it's all about. And this fight's going to be about that. And uh, as I say, the only person putting pressure on Anthony Joshua is Anthony Joshua. Throughout your time following the sport, you'd have seen a variety of unbelievable boxing fights, too many for me to even consider to name. Where does Ruiz Joshua 2 rank in and amongst those in the past? It's funny, I was, I was thinking about it. I try and analyse everything I do because I find emotions play a big part in your passion for sport. I don't think I've been as excited for a fight since Ben Eubank in 1990. And that was like a breakthrough fight for me, for Eubank, for boxing in England. This is right alongside that. I won't say it's more, but it's right alongside that in terms of events I'm glad I've lived long enough to see. Just to stick with this card before we move on, Hunter Povetkin, another brilliant fight. What are your thoughts on that one, Barry? Yeah. I like Hunter in that fight. I think Povetkin's a great fighter, but I think he's, Hunter is difficult to nail. Povetkin can punch. Uh, interesting fight, but I see that fight going the distance. And Dillian White returning as well against Marius Vac. Again, excited to see Dillian back in there? Yeah, I love Dillian White. I don't know whether I loved him when we first signed him, <laughs> but I really like him now. And I like all his mates with him and all that. I think he's a brilliant guy. I also think he's about 16 or 17 pounds bigger than he should be, but I think he wins comfortably inside the distance. And obviously, just to move away from his card, a couple of weeks ago we saw Dante Wilder stop Luis Ortiz. What was your thoughts on his victory there, Barry? That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I mean, Dante Wilder can't fight. You know, I'm not, I'm not being disrespectful to him because I'm talking about levels. You know, he's a world heavyweight champion. But he has the equaliser. I mean, and if I was in the corner of Ortiz, I, I think I'd be crying for a month because he won every round. And then one punch, it's all over. And that's boxing for you. And it's brilliant. That's why we love this sport. And Deontay Wilder is never going to be the slickest, cleverest operator. But while he's got that punch power, he's going to be dangerous. And he's going to be box office as well. You know, I think people, you know, people look at Joshua and the size and the scale of his global appeal. But let's not forget Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. They're both getting to be bigger and bigger box office. And that's great news for heavyweight boxing because behind them you've got Usyk, you've got Dylan White, you've got... You know, Hunter, you've got so many good fighters. This is a vibrant... I don't think I can remember, going back to probably Ali days, although there was one big face with Ali, but can't remember so much in-depth quality. And that's brilliant for boxing. 
obviously Deontay's victory set up a rematch with Fury who you mentioned there what are your thoughts with regards to when that one's officially announced how do you see it playing out well, you, know, you never know in, in the bite you never know in the fight game what's coming up but I think you know Tyson Fury is, is just the most awful bloke to try and fight because he's so smart so clever if he had a little bit more punching power I'd be more worried about him and I think Deontay catches up with him eventually that's my feeling but if Ortez can do it for six rounds, cannot Tyson do it for 12? It's not, beyond the, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. What do you think the likelihood is, say, if AJ was to be successful on Saturday night, we will see him face one of Wilder or Fury next year? I think inevitably, win or lose, I think you'll still see AJ versus one of those two in the next year or two. You've got to remember, I mean, fans always want to see the mega fights happen now. You know, uh, Interesting enough, we know they were shouting out for let's make Wilder against AJ. Uh, that fight, by the way, now is probably three times the size it was when the fans were asking for it because they're fans. But we have to look after the fighters' interest. This is a dangerous sport and they've got to get maximum reward for it. So these fights will happen when it's the right time and the right place. And AJ, should he win on Saturday, has got a choice of several big-name fights, which is going to keep him active and busy. He's only 30 years old. You know, he's probably got, if he wants it, he's got another five or six years. If he wants it. If he doesn't, he's got enough money where he doesn't need to. It's the perfect scenario for us as people that really love boxing and love boxers. Well, Barry, I know you're a busy man and you want to go and sort yourself out. So I appreciate your time, appreciate hanging around. Pleasure, and thanks for speaking to myself and Boxing Social. Always a pleasure. Well done. Keep up the support. Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. Big boys get moving fast, eat a lot of knockouts. Ultimate boxer heavyweight. He's just going to be swinging bombs from the ceiling. Around of our house. This is Ultimate Boxer. Hey Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps and I'm joined now with none other than David Diamante. David, we are here in Saudi Arabia. I can't even believe I'm actually even saying that right now. How, how incredible is this experience for you? Well, it's great. I mean, you know, I, I was able to, I had the distinct honor to call the very first fight ever here in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, on the undercard of the uh, Callum Smith-George Groves fight. And of course I did that fight too, but the whole card. Uh, but it was great. It was great and it's great to be here. It's great to be here again. Um, this time we're Riyadh, that was in Jeddah, this is Riyadh, but this is a massive fight. I mean, this is the most anticipated fight of the year for sure. Uh, Ruiz, Joshua too, Clash in the Dunes, it's happening. Now, I just finished interviewing Andy, and I'll tell you one thing. Then and now, then he was excited, he was just really thankful to have the opportunity. Now, he has this confidence, this aura of, as if he knows he has AJ's number. What, what have you been able to observe from body language between the two? So, first of all, let me just say this. I, I love Andy Ruiz. I really do. I, I, love it. I love AJ. I think they're both great guys. But Andy Ruiz, he's such a humble guy. He's never been given anything. He's fought for everything he has. But I got it. And I think you're right. I think he does have more confidence. But he needs to be very careful because this is not a foregone conclusion. And I'm picking AJ in this fight. And I think AJ wins this fight. Um, and I think it shouldn't be that hard for him to win this fight. I think he just uses the distance. I think he boxes him. I think he wins this fight. And as great as a fighter as Ruiz is, and he is, he's very tough, he doesn't have the physical uh, attributes that Joshua has. And if Joshua fights smart and fights tall and sticks to his boxing, he should win this fight. So I think, I think Ruiz should not get too overconfident. I mean, let's look at the first fight and what happened. He got knocked down. I think that... AJ thought, you know what, this is going to be an easy night, let me just finish this off, and he got careless. And Ruiz is not that type of fighter, you don't play with that kid, he is, he can fight. He's a bad boy, he's got fast hands, got a good chin, he's got good feet, he's a great fighter. And and you you sleep on him, and he'll, you'll go to sleep, he'll stretch you. So, you know, but I, I think that AJ is all business this time. I don't think he's he's too concerned with the media circus like he normally is. I think he's really, I think he's done nothing but like look at pictures of Ruiz and he just wants him. And I think he really wants to, to make a, a statement. It takes a lot for a guy to come back and do a rematch straight away, so I give him a lot of credit. 
I love both guys. May the best man win. I want them to both stay safe. But if I have to choose, I'm going with AJ in this fight. Now, Anthony Joshua has always... He's always been very well composed in the media. Now, granted, everybody has a bit of edge about them. We can all have a little bad side, right? But this time around, it really feels as if he's somewhere else mentally because of the way he's talking and he's sort of, he's trash talking now. He didn't used to do that. Um, what do you make of his, his new sort of demeanor in, in the media? You know, now he's in, in photos, you know, throwing the middle finger up. I mean, it's a different, it's a different vibe from him. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a different vibe. Um, flipping the bird, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, you know, this is my thing. Like to me, it, that, none of this matters. Like it doesn't matter. You know, the thing that's going to matter for AJ is his conditioning, and he needs to fight calm. He needs to get in there and not be like tense and freaked out. He needs to be smooth. He needs to be calm. He needs to breathe. He needs to breathe. You know, it's like if you ever scuba dive. You know, scuba diving is is a beautiful experience. It's a great sport. It's a great activity. Great hobby. But if you panic under the water, you will drown. You will die. You need to be calm. You need to reserve your 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 oxygen. It's a, it's like almost meditative. You keep your arms crossed. You kick your flippers, and you you always have to, to regulate. You have to to go through the water very calm. In boxing, you want to be you want to fight smart. You want to fight calm. Um, you know, like like James Tony. You know, be in there, see things, be calm, be smooth. If you're all tense, you know, you just get tired out quick. We saw him get tired out in the first fight. That's a problem. He doesn't want that. So all this trash talking and I'm going to it's not about that. Like, you know, a good example is like Triple G. You see like a guy like Curtis Stevens at the at the Triple G like stare down and he's like, you know, and Triple G's just smiling, you know, like it's business, man. This is business. Doesn't matter. Like this is not this is not a street fight, you know. This is professional boxing. So do you feel that maybe Anthony is a bit more emotional? Do you, do you feel that that's a disadvantage, that he's he's sort of showing um, his feelings, he's wearing his feelings on his sleeve? Well, you can't get inside anyone's head. You don't know what, I don't know what he's thinking, you know, and, and but, it, you know, it, look, to me, you just got to be who you are, right? It's what it is. Just be who you are. I don't know, I don't know what's going on with AJ and what he's feeling. Um, I can't, I can't speculate on that, but for me, like, you just have to be who you are. And, and at the end of the day, it's all just what's going to go down inside that ring. So all the trash, it just doesn't matter. Like, Ruiz is not scared, you know. Joshua could be scared. I don't know. I don't think he is because if he was, he wouldn't have taken this fight. He's a fighter. They're both fighters. And people that said Joshua quit, Joshua didn't quit. Joshua got up. Joshua said he wanted to continue. The ref stopped the fight at a correct time, might I add. The ref saved himself from himself. But, like, the fight was done. But AJ didn't quit. So AJ's not scared. He, he wants this fight, you know, and, um, you know, but the whole coming out of your who you really are, I don't know. I think that the mental aspect is the most important part of this fight for Anthony Joshua. Uh, and I think that it's it's the big, it's the big, it's the big question. Uh, okay. Yes. We'll pick this back up. We'll pick it back, yeah, pick up. back okay. up. Pause. Okay, we're, 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 we're back. Okay guys, sorry about that. Uh, AJ had to make his entrance. Anyways, uh, we were discussing the... We were discussing the trash talk. So it's a yes, the trash talk. Different AJ. You know, there's there's trash talk going on, but to me it's it's really all what, you know, about what takes place within the ring. So, you know, maybe that, you know, the trash talk might actually help Andy. Andy, he might think, you know, Joshua shook. He's coming out of his, his normal game plan. You know, he's shook. I don't know, you never know, but I don't think that's the big thing. I think what's real, what really counts is Joshua's internal. I just saw him, he looks focused, he looks ready. I'm going with AJ in this fight. So let's talk a bit about the undercard. We got a lot of, uh, Dylan White's back. Dylan White, I mean, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, what are your thoughts on him now finally being cleared and able to fight? Um, Dillian's rarely in a boring fight. You know, he always comes with it. Uh, he's such a great character to watch. Um, you know, uh, he's fighting Marius Walk. 
the tough Polish guy, big guy. He's had some tough outings. I expect uh, Dillian to do the business, but it'll be great to see him back in action. I mean, he had a tough tough fight against Oscar Rivas last time out and also, uh, you know, the tough fight with Chisora that he won. He won both of them, but they were both tough fights. I mean, you can win a fight and still have a really tough fight. And I think his last two fights were tough. So, um, and Mario's walk is not a, not a joke. I mean, he's a real heavyweight, but... Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think Dillian should do the business. Uh, Philip Hergovich on the card, which is nice. Um, Magomed Chazul is on the is on the card, which is nice. He just had his his pro debut. Uh, Michael at, Hunter, Alexander at, Povetkin at, at MSG, and then and then of course Hunter and Povetkin might be the sleeper on the card. I really like that. Um, that's a, that's a good fight. So um, it's cool that we have all the heavyweights Anyways, on here. I know. Yeah, it's they can, it can be some quick. There can be some quick <laughs> fights. But we also have Hopi Price and Diego Pacheco, which uh, some young kids on the card, and, and I really like that. They're both really young guys, and it'd be great for them to have the experience of a big fight week, um, and and you know walk in a red carpet or should I say a black carpet as we have here today. Um, but it's it's great to experience that that for these young fighters. Um, Deontay Walter just fought, and he made a comment about Dillian White. He said that uh, once he sort of climbs his way back up to number one in the rankings, that he'll face him. Dillian was number one for the longest time, and it seems like he's constantly having to work his way up or continue to fight the hardest uh, fighters in order to get an opportunity. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on um, Deontay saying that. I mean, Deontay, I supposedly said he doesn't want the franchise belt. He, um, you know, he, he would he would reject that. Who knows if that's true or not? I mean, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, we just we could talk about Wilder for a second about the the, the rematch with Ortiz that just happened. Um, it was an interesting fight because, uh, you know, Wilder is this guy that. It's a little bit hard to to gauge because uh, well I'm having a conversation in my head without letting you in. What I'm thinking is you know this here's a guy that's completely fallen in love with his power, right? He doesn't he doesn't even bother to box until he just smashes someone. And we've seen it kind of in a different like Eric Molina is on this card. I was there in, in Alabama when when he fought Molina. Molina actually did pretty well in that fight until he got stretched. Same thing with Spielka. Spielka was doing pretty good until. I mean, that knockout was brutal. And Wilder has that great equalizer, right? That big that big right hand um, that some people are saying is, you know, the biggest in history or whatever. But he, regardless of that, he's, he's a hell of a puncher. We know that. But the thing is, I, I don't think that you can, I don't think you can count out his boxing skill just yet. I think that, I think a lot of that is timing and setting traps and kind of lulling a guy to sleep a little bit. You know, Ortiz was... Look, I had Ortiz up six six nil until till the knockout. Yeah. But again, like Wilder was like timing him. He was watching. It wasn't that he wasn't. He was, you know, he was still boxing because Ortiz is a, is a tough guy, and Ortiz was coming with some nice punches. So Wilder was still, even though Wilder wasn't active, he was just he was just saving up that punch, waiting for the timing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to gauge that. But as far as Dillian White, we'll see. I mean, you know, um, who knows with the sanctioning bodies, with the way things happen. Sometimes even people at the very top, I don't think, know, know how that really works. Uh, if you find out, let me know. <laughs> uh, I will. Unfortunately, I have not been able to really understand how it works entirely. I do know that, well, obviously, Tyson Fury is up next for Deontay Wilder with their rematch. So it makes great sense fight. that he's at number one. Yeah, great, great fight. Look forward to that. But it looks like, you know, in terms of the heavyweights, I mean, it's an exciting time going into 2020. No matter who wins, you could match any of them up with someone, and it's an exciting fight. And I think any of them can beat the other one on any given Sunday. I yeah. think that I think that there's a lot of different matchups and different styles. And of course, don't forget about Usyk. You know, he's now in the mix, and and maybe Gassiev might even might even step up. You know, he had talked about that, and um, so we'll see. But yeah. it's a very exciting landscape in the heavyweights. And we did John Jalay just fought in Monaco. Um, he's a guy that's fought AJ and he's fought Ruiz. You know, he beat Ruiz and, and he had a, a, a loss to AJ. But there's a lot of heavyweights out there, and um, there's a lot of it's an exciting time. Philip yeah. Hergovic is coming up, the Croatian. Um, you know, he's in a good fight, and uh, Magro Medrasul, he's he's turning. You know, he just turned pro. So there's a lot of guys at at, at, yeah. at uh, the heavyweight division right now. Absolutely. Well, look, I'm really excited. Lastly, I've been asking everybody. 2020 is amongst us. Yeah. Okay. Can you believe that? 2020. I remember. Do you remember? Everyone was freaking out over the year 2000, the Y2K. <laughs> I, I do remember that. And here very we are. Well. And very here we well. are. So that was that was the one time I actually went to Times Square 
was like, look, if we're going to go to a ball drop, I was with my girl. I was in California at the time. We came out and uh, yeah, we we, uh, we stayed at, at a very famous hotel in, in New York City and we yeah. went to uh, Times Square. Yeah. So my question to you is, what is your wish in boxing for 2020? One particular thing. It could be a fight. It could be anything regarding politics. What is your wish? No, I just look, you know, I just I want boxing to thrive. That's it. You know, it's it's about the fans to me and making the right fights, and uh, and that's really it. So I just I just hope we get we more clarity in the divisions, more unifications. But is there one particular fight that really excites you at the thought? Well, right now it's Ruiz Joshua too. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's that's the yeah. fight I can't wait to see, and that's happening this Saturday. I think there's so many great fights to be made. There's so many. I want to see Vasily Lomachenko fight Mikey Garcia and Javante Davis. I want to see. You know, of course, Errol Spence and, and Terrence Crawford. I mean, there's just so many great yeah. fights to be made out there. It, you, there's a laundry list. Like, if you put me down and start making uh, fights that I like, I mean, there, there could, there'd be a whole yeah. long, long list of them. But it, really, it's just about making the right fights at the right time. And, and I think timing is, is a big part of that. Um, so that's why it's, it's great that uh, we're going to have um, uh, Fury Wilder 2. We're having Ruiz Joshua, too. These are all good fights. So I think it's an exciting time for boxing fans. We've seen some incredible fights this year. I mean, look, I want to see uh, the unification with Josh Taylor and Maurice Ho and, and, and uh, uh, Ramirez, Jose Ramirez. I really want to see that fight. But we had Hooker Ramirez, which was a great fight. We just had Inoue Donaire, which was a great fight. We just had Taylor Progray, which is a great fight. We just had uh, Ritz and Robbie Davies Jr., which is a great fight. There has been some amazing fights out there this year. Um, so I think it's a great time to be a fight fan and um, a lot to look forward to in 2020. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited. Well, thank you so much for your time, as usual. And you know what? Let's see how the rest of this week pans out. It's looking like to be uh, an exciting time. I'm happy to be here. We're taking part in history. Absolutely. The fight starts now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bye, fight fans. Hey, fight fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and hit the bell button so that every time we upload a new video, you get an alert so that you don't miss out. Hi there, I'm Danny Flexen for Seconds Out. Welcome you to this special preview of Andy Ruiz against Anthony Joshua 2 out in Saudi Arabia. We're here in our studio with some of the hot prospects from the Peacock Gym. And I believe, I was adding this up earlier, they've got a combined record of 26-0 with 19 early wins. And let's start with cruiserweight sensation Jamie Branch, who accounts for a whopping one of those inside the distance wins. Jamie, are you excited? Joshua going up against Ruiz? Yes, yeah, it's, really, it's a really, really interesting matchup. Obviously, this time around, the rematch. The first time around, everyone wrote uh, Ruiz off, didn't they? Everyone just thought it was a little fat man that's going to go in there and get get blown out. We should note he's still a little fat man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still a little <laughs> fat man, but I think everyone's now realised he's got some hands on him. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Now, I've got 4 0 featherweight, Louis Lynn. Hot prospect, another one next to me. What, what do you make of the fight? And are you, what did you think about going out to Saudi Arabia? Um, not much about it. Going out to Saudi Arabia, <laughs> to be honest. But I think it'll be a great fight, obviously, because of uh, Ruiz caused the upset in the first fight, and hopefully AJ comes out on top this night. No, but I'm not sure how it's going to go. But I'm excited to watch it. And to my right, we've got five and zero super bantamweight Chris Bork from a Team GB member like AJ, of course. Yeah. What What do you get from Team GB that could aid AJ in this fight in terms of the fundamental grounding you get in, up in Sheffield? Yeah, I mean, he's got everything at his feet. You got physios, um, all the sparring's recorded. You got you got the best of everything at Team GB. Um, you don't really want for anything, so he's got everything at his feet that he needs, and I think he'll pull it off this time around. Now we've got middleweight puncher. Denzel Bentley, save the best for last. No offence, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's 11-0 with nine stoppages or knockouts. And let's talk about power. How important is power in this fight? And who do you give the edge in power to? Um, I think in this fight, power is very important. Well, especially for AJ, which I think he has the better power or the most power out of the two of them. But I also feel like Ruiz is a better boxer. And if AJ don't get to him early, it could be another horrible night. But let's just hope he does. Let's talk about the mental aspect of it, because I've been watching a lot of the build-up, the gloves are off, and then the face-to-faces once they got out in Saudi Arabia as well. 
Ruiz seems just as kind of quietly confident and calm as he did the first time. What do you guys make of AJ's mindset from what you've seen? Uh, I think um, he seems he seems in not a bad mindset from what I've seen so far, the interviews and stuff, you know. But mental scarring in boxing is a is a massive thing, you know. And no matter what, no matter what you say, well, no matter what you do, whatever training on fight night in them changing rooms, things that memories uh, appear you know what i mean flashbacks appear and you you can you'll never be able to change that so really it's just down to how mentally strong and and how well joshua can cope with it on the night and a lot of people said after the first fight that he should consider changing trainer um he's kept robert mccracken on board he's brought a couple of assistant trainers into camp um what do you think of that as a move not not just keeping loyal but bringing new people in at this stage of his career i think why change trainer? He's been he's had Rob McCracken since he was an amateur. No one knows him as good as Rob McCracken does. Um, he's added a trainer as well, uh, like you said. So it can only help really. He's still got his main trainer. What do you think, Denzel? You were about to say something then before. <laughs> yeah. Chris, uh, Chris, Chris, uh, <laughs> picture of the post. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I, I think it's a good thing bringing in another trainer, um, especially the trainer he's brought in, Angel Fernandez. He's a very good trainer. But um, it's it's whether it suits his style. But I I I, I reckon they would figure that out during the camp. We've had long enough with him to realize things that he can do with him and things that he can't do with him. So I'm expecting better movement from him, from him, lateral movement, and probably more like more patience, really. But um, at the end of the day, Rob McCracken is still the overseer of things. He's still overseeing everything. So if he doesn't like anything, he take it out. So like like Chris said, no one knows him better than Rob McCracken. I wouldn't trainer. So I, I I guess it's a good thing, but. Let's not do too much and think he's going to be have the maddest footwork in the game because he's got a trainer like Angel Fernandez. Stick to his strengths and just work on his strengths and try to add to his game. So it can't be a bad thing. Uh, Louis, you're the one on this table who's had the fewest number of pro fights so far. Yeah. You're still very much in the early stages of your career. What's the hunger like now? And, and do you see, as fighters get older, AJ as an example, could he have lost that hunger or some of it? Well, I believe so, possibly, because obviously he's sponsored by um, Under Armour, Lynx and everything. And maybe, like, we're only human, it could get to your head, do you know what I mean? And he's worrying too much about sponsorship things, whereas Ruiz's been training hard his whole life, waiting for his moment to shine, and, and, and he got it. And um, so, yeah, like... Um, <laughs> but, I mean, no, basically, yeah, like, he, he's hunger, like you're saying. Um, like now, obviously, he's lost everything almost, isn't he? Well, he has, and he wants to get it back now. So now he's changed his mindset, and I think he's talking even like Muhammad Ali, like saying, <laughs> all you chumps going to bow when I will. <laughs> You'll see how great I am. Do you like that? Do you like that? Yeah, side like, of yeah, out? yeah. And, and, and obviously, he's focused, he's training like the underdog now, and he knows that he needs to win this fight. So And he's got the power to do it, so good luck to him, I hope he does. Let's look on the flip side. Put yourself, if you can, in Ruiz's position. Yeah. He's had a long career, you know, at the top level, but never really broke through. And then suddenly he's rich beyond his wildest dreams. He's bought a new house. He's got cars. So much attention, media spotlight on him. Will that have changed him? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's only going to make him hungrier because this is what he's been fighting for for so long. He's finally got it. He's not just going to relax now. He's got more yeah. to prove. He's still got, he still has to get through this fact to prove that it weren't a fluke. So I think that's motivation in itself. He's had a taste of the high life. That's, that's motivation in itself as well. He's thinking, I, I can't just let this go. He's had a taste of being a world champion. Like, he doesn't want to be a world champion and then lose it straight away, yeah. especially being the first Mexican world heavyweight world champion. So he's going to want to defend that and then go on to continue making um, history for heavyweight boxers mm -hmm. in Mexico and stuff like that. Denzel earlier gave us an indication of how he feels AJ should box. Say you're in the Ruiz corner. What does he need to do? Or is it just exactly the same as the first one? Yeah, I think it's just, um, <clears throat> if you're Ruiz, he's shorter, he's got short arms. You have to have lots of head movement, a high guard, mm. and put lots of smart pressure. But it's, it's yeah. easier said than done when you've mm. got such a big puncher like Anthony Joshua. What do you guys think? Yeah. Oh, really? I just think um, everyone's saying what they're saying about bringing, as Denzel, as Denzel briefly said, everyone's saying that he can bring in whatever trainer he wants, bring in whatever he wants to do. Joshua is... Joshua is an upright style fighter. And no matter what they were doing, no matter what fluidity work they're doing, mm. that's 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 carving that's stone now. That's yeah. that's him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can't Two go years. and just you can't go and just change how someone fights when uh, overnight and that. You know. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And I think obviously at the end of the night, they're going to be a lot of mental pressure. So even if he is looking half a little bit fluid and I see he's been trying to do his bit of footwork and that nerves and that everything come in, he's going to sort of sort of revert back to what he, to what he is and that. And, and, and Ruiz, unfortunately, that's what Ruiz, Ruiz likes them style of fighters. Do you know what I mean? That's what them, them upright, them upright, um, Good boxers, just basic good boxers. Predictable. Yeah, uh, I think really are what Ruiz likes. So do you think that Joshua will always have a problem with that style regardless? I think so, I think so. Mm. I, to be honest, I don't think you can outbox Ruiz. I've always felt like, even in the first fight, I said Ruiz will be outboxing him until he gets caught and gets knocked out. I didn't think he'd win, I thought he going to get mm. knocked out. And it's the same thing again, really. You're not outboxing him. You try to box in the back foot, you've seen him fight bigger guys. He closes you down and you just keep coming forward until you can't move them on. Joshua's a big guy. He's not going to last that movement for a long time. We've seen him in, in fights where it's gone past the sixth round and he gets tired. Guess, you know yeah. what I'm saying? The yeah, only fight he didn't, he, he didn't guess out was a Parker fight because the referee kept breaking him up. We've seen him in other fights kind of lose that kind of, like, th- that, that same, he loses his shape a bit, he gets tired and he's just all over the place. <coughs> Ruiz doesn't look it, but he is, he is fitter. Mm. Like, Joshua's done all the training he does. He looks in good shape, but um, he hasn't had the chance to have a fight and see if it works. So he's testing it now in a dangerous fight. And I, I just don't think he can have box Ruiz. He, he, mm. he, he applies smart pressure. He's been in the game a long time. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he uses his his weight or his physique to his advantage. And I think he does a good. I've heard Joshua's lost a bit of weight. So he might be planning to try and just box for the 12 rounds, be able to move for the 12 rounds. Can he do that? He can't do that. It all depends. He can't do that. Well, not be funny. You see him fight, as Denzel just said. They do all the training up. Sheffield. I was a part of Sheffield, so I know the training they're doing and that. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of subtext here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but man, I, I don't think he can do it for 12 rounds, no chance. And so, but Ruiz, obviously, you said he, he didn't have a full camp, did he, for the last fight, and now he hasn't. Like you were saying, Denzel, he's got, yeah. this is his chance, he wants to create a legacy now. The fingers of so. that, yeah, everyone's saying, he didn't have a full camp, but remember, he's had however long he's had looking for a world title to look at Joshua. Joshua had five weeks to look at Ruiz when yeah, the fight got called, yeah. so he hadn't got to prepare for him. So in this camp, he'll have time to prepare for him, especially where he's been with him now. He's got more of that advantage. Okay, I know what he's about now, and I can prepare for him. Well, Ruiz has been chasing Joshua for a long time, maybe a couple of years. So that whole camp thing, he was already in camp because he just had yeah, a fight. Yeah. So I, that don't count for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I think Joshua had less time. But this time around, hopefully he gets it right. But I think the only way he beats him is knocking him out. Mm. That's what I think, but not rushing, just has to do it patiently. Can't rush him like he did first. Is the winner of this fight best heavyweight in the world? No, no, no chance. <laughs> that was a quick Tyson Fury. The winner of Tyson Fury and Wilder is. Uh, even if even though Wilder has the horrible style, that right hand's an equaliser. So if he beats Tyson Fury, if, if he loses 12 rounds again, and knocks him out. He's the best heavyweight in the world. Tyson Fury's going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he watches it. If he watches it, yeah. yeah. But, um, you must see James Bond's name and click on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't um, even going to put his name in the title. I'll have to. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think right now it's Tyson Fury, but you can't deny Wilder. He's got that equaliser, and that right hand will put anyone to sleep. So we just have to wait and see until that fight happens. Same, Chris, for you? Yeah, I think so. I don't think Wilder's the best boxer, but he's, yeah, he's got that right hand that just puts everyone to sleep. I think. Uh, boxing skill-wise, it's uh, Fury. I think, um, yeah. Wait, I'm first, I'm so self-stand. Do a Joshua, be patient. No, I reckon, um, yeah, Fury, he, he's the best, isn't he? And he beat him the first time he got up, <coughs> and that was a liberty. But, um, yeah, all you've got to do is avoid that right hand. a liberty. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll, I'll put Joshua quite a few down. I think I think Luis Ortiz. I put Luis Ortiz up there as well. Even no, 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 you're doing too much now, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, he's overreached. Yeah, he's over. Yeah, Joshua's right Joshua. there. Joshua's right there. Yeah, but the, saying that he'd beat Joshua, don't don't put him in that in that top thing. It's, it's about achievements. Fury's first. I'd take Fury Wilder. Then I'd put Ortiz. If he wins Ruiz. this fight, yeah, I'd have Joshua. No, no, if he wins this fight, he's third. If he wins this fight, he's third. Yeah, because the unified heavyweight world champion would have been two-time world champion by the time he wins this. But it's just that obviously Wilder and Fury are still at the top. They haven't mm. achieved enough for you to put them up in front of them. Ortiz has never yeah, been a world yeah, champion yeah. before, bro. You can't put him um, in front of them. You're all right with Sam, but we're talking about boxing. We could, who, yeah, but how do you boxer? rank boxers? 
I'm better than everyone in the top ten it, in England. But I'm ranked good, sixteen. Who do you want? Who do you want to fight? I was just about to say hi Liam Williams, but he's Welsh, that's right. He's Welsh. But yeah, just remember. So this is why we put you at opposite ends of the table. No, I'm backing him. I believe him. I'm, 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 I think what Denzel sounds right. But I think this is just like the pound for pound debate, whether you go by results or whether you go by ability. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think they're both yeah, valid yeah. viewpoints. 100%. Now I've made the piece. <laughs> Before we round off, I'm going to ask you all just for a quick one sentence prediction. So who wins and how? We've not drawn draws. So we're just going to go this side to that side. Oh, James? On the fence. No, you've got to make a prediction. You can't be the only one who doesn't make a prediction. Come on. Points. I don't have a clue either. Points or stoppage? Stops him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with AJ. Um, knockout. AJ knockout, Chris? I'm going to say an AJ late stoppage. Nice specific, I yeah, like that. I'm, 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 I'm rooting with the Brit. I'm going for AJ. He has oh. to knock him out. Oh, so mate, what happened right, to your yeah. patriotism, oh, James? <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> you betrayed your country, James Bond. <laughs> No, no, no. We'll just cut it out. So you heard it here first, folks. James Branch is picking Andy Ruiz to win. It's brave, it's brave. You put your head above the parapet, you've gone against your friends. I'll stand out from the rest of them. We want to thank all the guys from the Peacock for joining us um, for this special preview of Ruiz Joshua 2. We'll be back next week with a more um, standard expectations 4 30 p.m next thursday until then thanks very much for your time thanks guys for joining us well we got two excellent young fighters on the card and what an opportunity for both of them both got last minute call ups and how it works is there'll be float bouts swing bouts for americans as they call it where basically they'll be waiting for a fight to finish early and they jump in so they'll be gloved up in the changing rooms ready to go diego pacheco out of south central la brilliant brilliant young fighter had a great start to his career so far undefeated with plenty of knockouts six foot four six foot five Super middleweight, going to be a big, big star. Only 19 years of age, might even be 18 years of age actually. We'll have to check the stats on that 18. one. 18. And uh, it's looked sensational so far. Also developing a nice little following um, in uh, LA. And he was on the first fight as well, uh, Joshua against Reese. Hopi Price, trip of a lifetime for him. I mean, just debuted recently. Dave Coldwell, young charge, out of the GB squad. Again, very, very young. Amazing experience for him. Very, very, very tall, very awkward. Actually, when you watch him on a pad, it reminds me a lot of a young Luke Campbell as well. Great opportunity for both of those guys. Majidov is former amateur world champion. Outstanding career, famous particularly for beating Anthony Joshua in the final of the amateur world championships. Very close decision. Came out, debuted at Madison Square Garden um, earlier this year. Looked good, all of a sudden got dropped with a big backhand and looked in desperate trouble in that fight. Recovered, come through and got the stoppage victory. But Tom Little is here to fight. Tom Little talks an unbelievable game. If you listen to Tom Little, you'd be convinced this man is the next heavyweight champion in the world. I'm not sure that kind of ability is there, but he can fight. He does have speed. And for Majidov's second fight, Little is going to be a right handful. That's going to be a good watch starting off early on the card. Good fight. Hergovic is a real problem to the heavyweight division. I think, what's he had, 11 fights, something like that. He's, uh, he's a real, real talented uh, fighter, great amateur strong, upright, big puncher. Molina, for the first time in a long time, has had a good proper camp for this fight. Represented by Don King, which is always fun. He's had nine weeks to prepare for this fight. Him and his team here, they're up for it. They believe they can win this fight. It's gonna be by far the toughest test of, Eric, uh, of Hergovic's career so far. Dillian White says that he's only had two weeks notice. I know he's been training a lot longer than that, but good to see Dillian back out. You know, he's number one now with the WBC. WBC interim, world heavyweight champion. Marius Wack. Probably slightly past his best, but still has the fundamentals that got him to challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship before. Big, tall, strong, awkward, very, very durable. 
Dillian will be looking to impose himself early in that fight and try and knock him out and get him out there early. Great fight. I mean, there's two heavyweight fights on the card that you can really talk about and analyse for days, weeks and months. And of course, the main event in Joshua and Marie's. But Alexander Povetkin against Michael Hunter is a great fight. Two standout amateurs, Povetkin particularly, you know, going on winning Olympic gold. One loss on Michael Hunter's record in a, in a close fight to Alexander Usyk at Cruiserweight. He's a smaller guy, he stepped up, he has great movement, great fluidity, and you know what, he likes to stand and trade as well. Fast hands, can punch harder than people think. We saw him stop Martin Bacoli, we saw him stop Ustinov, we saw him put Kuzman on his backside and beat him at Madison Square Garden. If he can beat Alexander Povetkin on Saturday, you've got to say he's ready for a world title shot. Povetkin, been a fantastic heavyweight, former world champion, great movement himself, great power, is approaching the end stages of his career. Will he have the freshness to deal with a young Michael Hunter? I think it's going to be a great fight. They're going to be standing and trading. Both have speed, both have power as well. Do not miss that one. That's an eliminator. There are two pending mandatories for the heavyweight division. That's the IBF mandatory with Kubrat Pulev and the WBO mandatory with Alexander Usyk. I'm hoping that those governing bodies can get together and actually work out historically who goes first. But the winner of this fight is certainly going to have some mandatories to deal with. There is, of course, the opportunity of Alexander Usyk fighting Derek Chisora in February next year. He may have to wait for his shot till the summer. That's a great fight as well. So yeah, the, both, the winner of Joshua Rees will have mandatories, but right now I don't think anyone cares about the mandatories. It's all about Saturday night. Incredible, you know, we came here um, several weeks ago. They told us they were going to build a purpose-built stadium with some of the best hospitality and media facilities in the world. They were true to their word, they've delivered. Since we've been here, the hospitality, uh, the logistics, you know, the, the welcome that we've received, the restaurants, everything have been absolutely spot on. We're looking forward to bringing many more major events back to Saudi Arabia, but now they have the biggest fight in boxing, Joshua against Ruiz this Saturday. It is such a thrilling fight. I'm nervous, I'm excited. Ruiz looked as fast as he's ever looked last night. AJ looks in great shape. I think it's gonna be another war. Don't be surprised to see both guys hit the deck at some stage in this fight. But for me, it's time for the big guy to step up win his belts back on Saturday and become a two-time heavyweight world champion. 8.45 p.m. UK time um, for ring walks. It's gonna be around 9 p.m. first bell. So if you're in the uh, West Coast, you're looking at 4 p.m. first bell. If you're in the, sorry, if you're on the East Coast, you're looking at 4 p.m. first bell. If you're on the West Coast, you're looking at 1 p.m. first bell, uh, first bell for the main event. Huge undercard coming before that. Wherever you are in the world, stop what you're doing and watch one of the biggest heavyweight fights of all time.